previously on the Riverdale Register. Oh, by the way, John, if your eyes are watering, that's the onions. No, no, no. I'm really sweaty because it's crazy hot in this house again. Do you want to open the window? No. We're at the audio. I guess. We just got called out on the audio. It's not our fault. I, I like to blame society. I don't know. Why are you wearing... How are you wearing a sweater? I don't know. It's cold in here. It's not... My eyes are watering, though, from the onions. Like, also, I have a cold beverage that's also sweating. Oh, hail our fair Riverdale. Register. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Riverdale Register. My name is Caitlin. Uh, my name is John. And welcome to The Riverdale Register. It's Halloween. Yay, almost. It's almost Halloween. It's been Halloween for literally a month. <laughs> It's been over a month because I remember the first thing that I celebrated Halloween with was um, we went to Disneyland in like early September and it was already set up for Halloween and it was really fun. Yeah. Huh. It's really cool. Very this Halloween. is my first night celebrating Halloween. What? Really? <laughs> I, I haven't been to Disneyland or anything. That's true. Do you not like haunted houses? I mean, they're fine. They're fine. Okay, I have a big passion for haunted houses. I like, uh, I like the season of fall. Yeah. I like the trees. I like, I like the food. I love the food. Halloween's fine. Were you like, not here when we had that pumpkin? When we ate that pumpkin? Where were you when we ate the pumpkin? I don't know. When did you eat the pumpkin? I don't know. <laughs> a while ago. How many years ago was the pumpkin? The pumpkin? No, this was like last like four weeks ago, two weeks ago. You were you were alive. I don't know. Brendan was, I was here. Viewers, was I alive? Yeah, we had a Listeners. pumpkin. Yeah, we we did eat a pumpkin. Mm-mm. Oh, I wasn't there for that. Maybe you were away. Where was I, I away at? I don't know, John. You would have been invited. Where do I go? I don't know, John. You would have been invited. Mm. Great story, Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hey, it was Caitlin. really good. It looks like we have. I thought we had a Okay, there's a bunch actually. Yeah. Is it too much to read? Or? No. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Are we too I think it's a, one, two, three, four, six. It's like six of them today. Oh, damn. Should we read? I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, so I think it starts with this one that, that spelled your name with a C. Okay. <laughs> How about this? I read two, you read two, I read two. Uh, okay, so you read four and I read two? Yeah, no. Okay, fine. We'll switch off. But no commentary in between. <laughs> okay, wait, do I go? Yeah. Great discussions from Pixies6242. Fun friends, John and Caitlin. Wow, no one's ever called us fun. Uh, give my favorite Riverdale rundown every week. An excellent blend of admiration, frustration, humor, and snark. And the fact that most of the negative reviews come from better Trump supporters <laughs> is the cherry on top. I will be watching and listening to the bitter end. Thank you guys for putting out this great podcast. Love you. Thank you. Thank you. You're the best. Uh, Macaroon.boo gave us a five-star review titled Good Lord Jesus. I thought this was going to be negative. I love the ET news recaps on YouTube about the show, but there's no other online review slash show slash podcast that really talks about each episode like y'all do. You both go so in-depth to each episode, and the commentary is awesome. Not to mention y'all are absolutely hilarious. Thanks for making my little Riverdale heart flutter with happiness. Yay! Heart. Thank you. My Riverdale Companion by Civil 8 Disobey. Oh. That's intense. I know I'm going to make Caitlin gush when she reads this review. Mm, yes. This is one of the first podcasts I ever listened to, and it's been my Riverdale Companion ever since. The hosts are fantastic, funny, and do a good balance of looking at the show's plot and also laughing at how ridiculous it can be. Like how Archie fought a guy in a bear costume. Keep up the good work, you guys. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like, no, it's okay. It's it was not a man in a bear costume. It was an allegory for him fighting an actual bear. <laughs> or did he always fight a man in a bear costume? Very unclear. Okay. We have a five star from PKL First. Thank you. Really great podcast. I love Riverdale and I've been looking for a great way to learn more about the show. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Bingeworthy podcast, Casey Lee 5. I binge watched all of Riverdale over the summer, and after I finished it, I decided to try finding a podcast to go with it. I didn't actually expect to find one that I would love so much. I went ahead and binged all the podcast episodes and loved every single one. It was funny to listen to your theories and expectations while knowing what was going to happen on the show. Many times I thought, oh, she nailed it. That's me. <laughs> oh, he's going to be disappointed. That's you. me. <laughs> Now I'm caught up and can truly invest in your theories. You guys perfectly balance intelligence, humor, and wit while talking about Riverdale. Plus, I love all the tangents and show recommendations. Woo, hill we're dying on. Only thing I don't agree with on uh, with you on is Betty and Jughead. Just like Sheriff Keller being the killer was Caitlin's hill, Bucket is the hill I will die on. I enjoy listening to people my own age talk about Riverdale. Before this podcast, it was pretty much just a few of my freshman students who would talk about it with me. And I find myself looking forward to the podcast every week and almost more than the actual episode. Keep up the awesome work. But Casey... Caitlin was wrong about Sheriff Keller, just like you're wrong about Bughead. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> your, your opinion on Bughead is wrong uh, as well for this fact. We got one from Hershim. Absolutely love five stars. I started listening to you guys with the Do You Like Scary podcast, and I was more sad about your podcast being over than the show, so I'm so happy you kept podcasting with Riverdale. The mix of real recapping and side conversations is perfect, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts after the show every week. Thanks for the hours of entertainment at my boring office job. P.S. The first time you called the speakeasy LeBone nut, I actually spit coffee all over my computer, so thanks for that. I would absolutely love to have seen that. Please don't bill me. Yeah, no. <laughs> we will not pay for any ruined <laughs> electronics. We cannot be responsible for any of that. We can't help it that we're so hilarious and our tangents are so good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Caitlin. Tell me about the title for this episode. Okay, so this episode is called Dog Day Afternoon, which is um, a movie directed by Sidney Lumet. That's how you say his name, right? I think it is. Um, And it's a 1975 film with Al Pacino, and it's basically about a bank robbery that goes, um, not viral, I guess, but becomes sort of like a, you know, a hotly watched thing on television um, and just sort of like the drama around that, I guess. I think, am I confusing this? No, it's about a bank robbery that goes awry. Hmm. And uh, I have no other connection to that movie. So it's only relevant <laughs> here because Archie also wants money? Yes. Um, and he ends up stealing it at the end? Yes. I think. Cool. Uh, there's no bank robbery here. No, but there is stolen money. Right. Seems, it's also, I mean, dog day is like the dog days of summer, you know, like the hot summer day. I don't understand why this is the title of this episode. Is there a dog in this episode? No. It's sometimes afternoon. So, (laughs) I don't know. Yes, it is at times both daytime and and afternoon. So I think we found it. And we know from past memory that dogs exist in this world. Right. So, so I think it There is. we go. Exactly. It's a metaphor. This episode is written by Ace Hassan and Greg Murray. They Ace and Greg both wrote The Great Escape and The Raid, which are fun episodes. And Greg also wrote uh, The Wrestler, 
from last season. Ooh, fun. Was yeah. that when Archie decided briefly to wrestle? Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. That was season... Was that season two, two or had, three? I think it had to be season two. Right. Was that the one where he wrestled with... Um, Hiram. With Hiram, and yeah. they fell madly in love with each other? That was the meet-cute mm-hmm. moment. That was cute. That was yeah. nice for them. Weird. Okay. Uh, and it was directed by Gregory Smith, who you might know as the uh, cute boy from Rookie Blue. Do you say the cute boy from Rookie Blue? Yeah, yeah, he's in Rookie Blue. And if I am correct, yeah, he was in Everwood. Ooh. Wait, can I see a picture of this man? Yeah. Oh, yes, I he's know this man. He's the kid from Small Soldiers. Yes, I know this man. Good for him. Yeah, he gets, I think he does a lot of TV directing now. Proud. Or he's done at least three episodes of Riverdale. He's he in did a lot, yeah. Shadow of a Doubt and The Red Dahlia. He's also done The Flash and Arrow. Legends of Tomorrow. So he's one of the uh, he's one of the Berlanti uh, like go to yeah. guys. So that's really cool. He's got like a modest career directing TV. Was everyone a Berlanti show? Doesn't um, it seem like a Berlanti show? You know, it might be. Do you want me to look that up? Yeah, I bet it. Uh, I bet it is. Though I'm not gonna. Don't quote me. Sure. Yeah. No. Now you owe me five dollars. Creator Greg Berlanti. <laughs> You always, uh, you always, I would if I quoted you, but right. I didn't do that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that explains that. Yeah, done. Cool. That's very cool. Good for him. Good for everyone. Yeah. Happy for everyone involved. <laughs> so that's Gregory Smith. Anyway, Caitlin, uh, with whom would you like to begin? Archie, Jughead, Veronica, Betty, or Cheryl? Let's do Archie. Also, what you what you think of this episode? Just off the bat. So I felt like not that much happened. And also I felt like Archie really, really regressed. Archie almost had my proudest moment I of him. Know. Until he decided to do the opposite of that thing. He's like, let me say exactly what you want right. to hear and, and then do exactly what I'm you want to I'm not going to do that. No. I was proud of him too. I was like, oh, that's good growth. Yeah. And JK. Then, and then he didn't. He literally was a fucking ski mask Pretty disappointed again. with, with <laughs> He's like, that's the only thing you had to do. Archie's plot begins with the El Royale when Mad Dog brings his little brother in. Apparently the kid has been hanging out at the Wipeout Arcade. Which I was like, that sounds fine. Where where drug dealers and criminals hang out. Was this ever a wholesome town? Right. (laughs) Ever? Like... I feel like the murder Yeah, what happened to that sheen of like... No. Come on, did anyone believe this town was good when this is just... This is just happening? It's not great, no. A small town with drugs. So, like, it's about time we got on this community center yeah. business. And Mary, Mary Andrews being a real detractor about this whole thing. I know. She kind of... They're like, all right, so you might have to do, like, a little bit of work. Ooh, that sounds like work, Archie. <laughs> I don't know. Have you thought about leaving this town forever and never looking back? That's what I did. To move to Chicago, very safe in Chicago. <laughs> you can meet my husband and my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, she's such an interesting life outside this town. <laughs> They'll need to remodel, including another bathroom. I love that that's the problem. Which is... Seems like the least of their worries. I don't know. Well, I mean, it is a... Maybe this was Hiram's plan all along. Wait, wait. Like, give him I'm going to give him this gym. He's going to try to make something out of it. And it is a shit property. Shit so property? this is just all going to fall apart around. around our, bad times of the El Royale is when the construction oh. is construction like hits a gas line and like things things fall apart and the whole building's just they're what? like there's bugs in the wall or, or, or we got to replace all the all the pipes something like that. Wouldn't it make so much more sense if Hiram was like gas leak 
And instead, he's like, mm, you don't have enough toilets. Like, oh. like what, <laughs> There's only one bathroom. What's what will he do? What will he do? $40,000 is actually quite a lot of money. 40000 is a lot. I, do, I don't understand why Archie won't take Veronica's money when he's been just gladly taking her money yeah. for the last couple of years. Like, why now? But... Also, it's like it could be a donation. Veronica has another great idea to make money. Amazing. A car wash with just... I love this because I really thought they were going to make $40,000. I was so convinced. I was like, this is so fucking dumb. And I started doing the math in my head how many people would have to show up to even get close to that if they were charging something ridiculous. Right. So, like, how much would you charge for a hand car wash? I think for charity. For, for like, fundraising. Okay, so like down the street, it's like $35 for a hand car wash, which is a lot of money. Yeah. But that's what I would charge for charity. Yeah. Oh boy, I don't think I'd even charge that much. Maybe I, 20, 20 or 25. Yeah. But it's a lot of work. So, so, so Veronica's plan is that watch the moms and potentially fathers or adults, anyone who's driving yeah. in Riverdale, is so horny for these hot Riverdale teens. Who are like 16 years old. But have also 16 abs each. Right, so uh, you get it. That they'll be like, yeah, wash my car. I mean, it's very weird. <laughs> Enough to make $40,000 in an afternoon. I'm trying to do the math if it's... if it's like, A dog day afternoon. Yeah, it must... If it's $100, you'd have to... Which is a lot, and you wouldn't charge that much. But if it was $100, it would have to be 400 cars, Right? That actually is doable. If it was $100 per. Per yes. car, right. It's not. It's not. And also, they didn't watch 400 cars. They're like, Reggie's like, oh yeah, I have a, I have a deep fan base. Does uh, he? Gross. That's weird, right? Yeah. To say to your ex? To say to your ex about probably her mom. <laughs> like, no, her mom's in jail. I know, but like... <laughs> jail can hold Mrs. Lodge. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. This episode had some like good like we're very aware. <laughs> but they made they made four hundred dollars, which means they made all those actors just just do another shirtless scene so for a cheap joke. They watched ten. Like, don't cars. do that to KJ. He's got to put on a fake tattoo and bear scar and other injuries. Yeah, it must you be gave annoying. him so many permanent marks. <laughs> Why did they do that? Why couldn't he always be like, oh man, I scratched my arm in this place? So Veronica suggests like stripping and. The full Monty, which I think is either full they nude or prostitution. Right? I don't. Uh, I don't think she was suggesting that they they like prostitute themselves. I don't know with this show. I mean, they would have obviously then gone to whatever and again, sex cult. What is, what is with Veronica? Where she's like, well, clearly everyone's going to be so horny for y'all that that's the only way we can make money. It's pretty disgusting. You could sell drugs. You've done it before. I mean, I don't know if I would recommend that. Just weed. Either. Just like just. I don't think weed exists in this universe. <laughs> Like, I think it's, like, only drugs. Sorry, that's not named after a candy? Right. It's not, like, it's, like, a, a jelly pop or whatever. A Werther's original. Yeah. No, it took, like, the, like, the, like, the Tootsie, Tootsie feet. <laughs> that's it. That's the one. Jughead, are you smoking the Tootsie feet, boy? And then so. that's my FP version. So they're still down money. Yeah. Mad Dog comes to the gym and tells Archie that his brother got beaten up for not making deliveries. Even though he did what Mad Dog said, he wasn't hanging around the arcade, he still got beaten up by these guys. He got beat up in his own home. <laughs> oh, poor little dog. <laughs> not, what's his name? Little 
Well, if his older brother's Mad Dog. Happy Dog? Sad Dog. Sad Dog. <laughs> oh, what a delightful little child. He's, his name is actually Monroe. Put some respect <laughs> on his name. So some guy named Dodger. Oh, his little brother's name is Malcolm, I think. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's a normal name. There's a guy named Dodger, which, if that's his real name, pop off, but I'm pretty sure you watched all of her twist one time and were like, hey. Ooh, <laughs> like, looks like a creepy... This guy, this for- this guy who's probably in his 40s, hangs out of the arcade and recruits children to run drugs for him. Yeah. Um, and he looks exactly like the guy who would do that. Yeah. So Mad Dog wants to get Archie and go beat this guy up. Which, you know, we've, we've, all, we've all seen how this goes before. But then Archie talks him down. <laughs> Archie says, no, let's tell, call the cops an FP. And I was so proud of him. Me too. I really was so proud. I was like, oh my God, my son. <laughs> Character development. Luke Perry's voice in his ears. It's like, like the youth center is how we save the kids. Like, yes, that is what Luke Perry would say. That is what Luke Perry would say. Not getting in fights and getting sent back to juvie. And then Mary invites Archie back to Chicago with her. Uh, and Archie wants to stay because he needs a football scholarship or whatever. So he is going to college now? I don't know. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Why would he want to stay for the football scholarship, but then also because of the community but then, center? But then Mary's like, oh, you have a college fund. He's like, I didn't know about this. Which, I, to be fair, they don't have to tell you that. I like, know. I mean, I feel like, though, to be honest, though, if you were really riding on a football scholarship... For like four years, and like your parents didn't tell you that they put together a college scholarship, and instead insisted you played football to go. It's to college. a little bit manipulation. Yeah, uh, it's not great. It's like they just love football more than they love not paying for college. Is is what that is. We love two things: football and not paying for college. And we're not going to make your life any easier. But so. boy, do we have a backup plan? Yeah, amazing. So, yeah, he wants to use it on the community center, but she's against it. Mary really figured out that Riverdale was a bad place a long time ago. She's like, you can't, can't live here. It's, there's murderers and the, the, the gangs and the drugs and the... Well, it's like... Chicago. She, Go to Chicago where it's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's like she... In one way, it's like she did really know that Riverdale was dangerous, but not enough to move out Archie out earlier. Right. She left him there with Fred. Yeah. It's crazy to think that Riverdale is more dangerous than Chicago. Yeah. Which I mean, gets a pretty mm-hmm. bad rep. Bad rep, but also, like, it's a big metropolitan city where you would think... More like, people per capita. Right. Uh, more crimes. Just saying. Well, actually, eh, they have no gargoyle king. <laughs> Archie accuses Mary of giving up on Riverdale. It's like, she didn't have jobs. There was just no law, lawyer stuff happening. There's one lawyer in the team. There's one lawyer, and he works for Hiram Lodge. <laughs> uh, Poor Mary. Archie doesn't think Riverdale is lost. Again, that's pretty good Archie. That's like some yeah. some Luke Perry, some some Fred Andrews like like really really left a mark on Archie. Um, and then uh, he goes upstairs to punch out his feelings and grabs a handkerchief and slips out the window with a baseball cap. Bat. Jesus Christ, Archie! We were all rooting for you, man. So much. You were. <sighs> it's okay. He brought a ski mask, so that's so exactly it- like season three. <laughs> Season two, actually. Damn. Listen, listen, listen. Archie's like, I'm in disguise. And we're all like, you are famous around town <laughs> for putting a red bandana on. You're and, the only and, one who would do this. And and, 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 and vigilante justice. It's, like, oh, it's a damn vigilante kid again. Archie masks up at the arcade and finds Dodger. This scene, cool location, beautifully shot. Where is there a parking garage in this small town? Yeah, it's all the cars. 
that they're washing, this is where they all dry. That's where they all dry. They should be in the sun. Uh, I think KJ did a cool job of masking his voice. It didn't sound quite like him. I don't know. Am I crazy? I thought he was doing something with his voice. No, no, I think he was. It could have also been. Like, he he didn't sound... Like, Archie has, like, a kind of, like, way of speaking, like a cadence, and he wasn't doing it. Maybe he's trying to hide a New Zealand accent. Maybe he's trying to hide... Oh, my God. (laughs) The whole time? Okay, Jay. Archie tells them they're done. Leave Riverdale. Dodger threatens him back. You're at number five to one. Archie's like, I'll take those odds. Which is like, dude, you're not... Okay, no, he did like beat up like a like a line of people that did they one have night. Guns? They did not, and he had a baseball bat. And then so we then, cut away. So then I'm like, yeah. So like, we don't really know how this one went. I mean, good enough. Yeah. I feel like if you have a baseball bat, you could maybe take on five people. Like I couldn't, but KJ. No, could. but like I would feel a lot more confident about yeah. it. Yeah. If I had to. So Veronica comes to see Mary. And gives her the forty thousand dollars for Archie for the for the center. How much money does she have? Um, forty thousand less. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Mary can't be in that debt, uh, and she doesn't want anything keeping Archie in Riverdale. She really doesn't. She doesn't want anyone to live in Riverdale anymore. That I is that. the entire character of Mary Andrews. Is, I don't want to be here. I don't want my son to be here. I don't think you all should be here. We should just all... This is cursed ground. Let's go. Chicago is a big city, guys. We can all live in Chicago. It'll be great. That's going to be season five of Riverdale. They all move Imagine. to Chicago. Like, Riverdale, instead of it being Riverdale, just is like Chicago. <laughs> the same title sequence. Wait, this isn't the episode where Veronica does all that jazz. No, we but, did that already. Yeah, but that is a... This is a <gasps> Chicago, oh my god. Hold on, that's the second episode in a row. Exactly. Now we're hinting at Chicago. We're going to Chicago. We're going to Chicago. Because, <laughs> uh, cause, uh, you know, she's a shoo-in at Harvard. Which is only like twelve hours away from Chicago, so Not she'll by be, plane. She'll be back every weekend. Um, so Veronica believes in Archie, and th- she thinks he can make a difference. Caitlin, do you? No. Believe in Archie? I've never believed in Archie. Do you think he can make a difference? I think we didn't know how. We don't think this youth center is uh, is finally his right path. So I think it's a good path, but I do feel like his quick turn to vigilante justice and the way that this season clearly ends with somebody like burning bloody clothes and Archie like kind of arranging that makes me feel like maybe the straight and narrow path is a little bit windy. Yeah. So that's just my thoughts on. Caitlin, do you watch This Is Us? Of course I watch This Is Us. Do you think Archie is a bit like Kevin? I actually think he's a bit like Randall. I'm okay. also a Randall. I love Randall. Thank you. I thought he was like Kevin just because Kevin was a character who like felt kind of aimless for a little bit oh, at I first see. in that show. Like they kept giving him a new love interest, a new yeah. job, a new something. Now it's new and, uncle. And, well, I think they finally figured him out like last season at some point. Um, and like it was that he went on, or no, he maybe the year before, but he, like, he went on journey of self-discovery basically. Are you talking about the episode where he's on the football field? Doing yes. Oh my God. Yeah. I actually really, people like have issues with this is us. I think more recently because I think they're a little tired of the, of the, um, sentimentality. Of right. It, and I, like there's some of the mystery is gone now. So it's, you're just like living it. with the family. I think it's a great show. Man. Yeah. I think it's great. I think this season is actually really strong. Um, I'm into it. I think Kevin is a... I think all the characters are just great. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I think I, I actually, I texted Mahal and I was like, am I a Kevin, Kate, or a Randall? And she's like, I'm sorry, we're both Randalls. And I'm like, yeah, we are both Randalls. So Archie and I are the same, and that's why I'm so hard on him. <laughs> okay. You know it's true. I'm, um, I think I'm, I'm Kate's husband. I think that's the You're type. You're a Toby? I'm a Toby. <laughs> Wasn't a choice, but sure, you can be a Toby. <laughs> I think Ian's a Toby, too. There should, be a, there should be a quiz for this. Oh, Ian is definitely a Toby. <laughs> Ian is for sure a Toby. Okay. We got off topic a little bit. Uh, oh, I'm just we? saying, I think, <laughs> I like, it's hard to believe in Archie when we're not sure what Archie thinks about himself. And yes, I think fair. the season premiere gave him, like, something approaching that, but then his actions haven't reflected that since. Yeah, that's very fair. And that's why I'm disappointed with Archie so much right now. Because if he had kept with the cops thing, he didn't even give FP a chance, by the way. No. Uh, we'd all be like, oh, Archie's grown in a noticeable way. Uh, it would have been good if he showed up to the parking garage with the baseball bat and they're like, oh, do you think a baseball bat can stop us? And then FP was like behind him. Yeah, that would have been cool. He'd be like, no, but I can, boy. There's a Get couple in the beats car. in this episode specifically where I'm like, it's not that the like where this went was entirely wrong, but the execution of this beat was, like, very strange. Yeah. Veronica's arc is almost entirely that. Yeah, I know. They, I, it I could have been done in a way better way, and instead it's very strange. Anyway, um, Mad Dog finds Archie sleeping in his office, barely injured, by the way. Ar- Mad Dog's like, what happened? He's like, Archie looks fine. Yeah. Uh, Archie tells me he went after Dodger, which is rude to not invite Mad Dog to beat up the guy Mad Dog told you, you to beat up. Try and keep him clean. I, yeah, I guess. But Archie could also go back to Juvie. Yeah, that's... Well, oh, wait, his thing was overturned. Yeah, I guess technically no. So right? Mad Dog says, oh, so you're a superhero now. Which, again, no one told Mad Dog about that time Archie started an entire vigilante justice... Two! Two different vigilante justice groups uh, involving wearing masks it's and carrying long, baseball bats. long, road for Archie. It's too bad, because, like, Mad Dog, Mad Dog could have been in that shirtless spot in the background somewhere. You know Archie's just looking at, like, looking for a Marvel next, right? Like... <laughs> That's his goal. He's like, I'm moving out to California. I want. I want to be a hero, guys. Who would, who would he get cast as? Ooh, someone redheaded. You would know better than I would. There was a third Ant Man who was a terrible person. Ah. Uh, he had red hair. Interesting. I am curious about that. He could be good as a Roy Harper, but that's a Green Arrow thing. Uh, and there's Colton Haynes already has that part. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Um. So Archie stole money from Dodger and his guys. Why did they have $40,000? There's just that much cash moving around Riverdale on like a daily basis. What drugs are these people on? I don't know. We don't know what the weird name is of the latest drug in town. Tootsie Fluffle. Mad Dog, of course, has done crime before and is like, you have to clean this money. Yeah, I don't know exactly what that means. Does that mean exchange it like in a store? You have to go to a money launderer, I think. And And like they, they... create a paper trail that makes it seem like you legally obtained this money. Uh, it didn't just appear in your bank account from nowhere. That makes sense. Yeah, that's really smart. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that That's next how time. you do a crime, everyone. Yeah, next time I'll do a crime that way. Great. Yeah, stop doing your crimes in such noticeable so ways. Exactly. You're very being annoying. very silly about it. Uh, <laughs> I just really thought I never knew what that term meant, and I was just like, yeah, he's got to clean the money, obviously. Yeah. Just get a soap, scrub, scrub it, scrub it. I thought it meant literally, like, spending it and, like, exchanging. So, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, not quite, because you want to end up back in your pocket. Right, yeah, confusing. And 
they he wonders if Veronica can help, which is actually like a really intelligent question because Veronica definitely knows someone who can launder money. Exactly. Even though, you know, for a while she was like, My parents aren't criminals. Yeah. yeah. She asked him where he got the money from and suggested burning it and let her give him the money. Which okay, so did Mary not take it earlier or what's going on? We're not sure. Anyway, she just wants to be a part of uh, Archie's storyline, which makes sense because her storyline <laughs> sucks, sucks right now. Yeah. Uh, then Mad Dog is teaching a kids' class. It's very cute. Mary finds Archie in the office and she tells him that she's staying. Uh, which I wonder if she's doing pro bono here in town and Archie is a student. Then who where is the money coming for their from? bills? Where is the money coming from? She's like, I decided instead to work for free. <laughs> Amazing. Maybe Fred Andrews had some of the greatest life insurance of all time. I guess. Didn't he work for himself? Yeah. So he got to write his life insurance policy. I guess. I don't know if that's how that works. I don't know. You explained cleaning money, so I'm just going to give it to you. She's going to make the gym a non-profit, which is why she'll be working out of the office and he can just focus on the kids, which is smart to just put an adult in that room so that you don't have to pretend like Archie is running a business. Although, (laughs) although... It would have been super funny if Archie was just low-key successfully running this while Veronica floundered to keep her <laughs> keep her little speakeasy open all of last season. Oh, yeah, we we underestimated Arch <laughs> a little. All right, where would you like to go next? Jughead. You want to go to Jughead? Yeah, right. because I have also issues with the storyline. <laughs> oh, I kind of liked this one. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell they you were very mind. proud of themselves for saying the word psychological warfare in this episode, though. I, I don't think what he's doing is psychological warfare. I think it's, it's just, just up, mild bullying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like being a general asshat. Being an asshole. It, it's not quite the same. But anyway. So Jughead and the Joneses go to move him into, what's it called again? Stonewall. Stonewall, Stonewall Prep. Prep. Uh, FP and JB leave him alone with Betty. They're all like, oh yeah, we're sweet, we're in love, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's weird that they live together, I guess. It, I bet she lives in his room now, back mm. in back at the Joneses' house. Why are they always spending the night at each other's houses? It's very strange. Well, I'm sure she'll start spending the night at Stonewall Prep, unless they have a rule against yeah. that. Uh, I don't know. They Moose! Relax. Moose is at Stonewall. He's back! He says his name is Marmaduke now. Silly Moose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, is it? I thought his name was... Was it Moose Marmaduke or was it Marmaduke? Because Marmaduke was his real name. I think yeah, his real name is Marmaduke. Why would and you, he goes by Moose? Why would you ever be like? I would rather everyone call me Marmaduke. You could have made up any name because of his past. Right, but like, why would you be like, call me by my legal first name instead of my nickname? Because I want you to know less about me. So Moose had a nervous <laughs> breakdown. And I wound up at a facility for a bit, so that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. yeah. Uh, and he's starting new, so he doesn't want anyone to know about his dad dressing up as the gargoyle <laughs> king and trying to murder the boy he slept with in the sex bunker. Are we not going back to the sex bunker this season? No, I don't think so. I guess we have no reason to. No, now everyone has their own. No houses. one's in hiding or anything. Yeah, everyone has houses again. Wow, what a normal life they live again. Nobody has houses. Nobody. I has hope parents in four seasons, someone's like, "Oh wait, there's a bunker that we all know about." And they're like, "Right," no and they go changed. down there, and no it's completely sheets. clean for some reason. Yeah, disgusting. <laughs> Bring your own change of sheets. Yeah, please. Uh, Mo- Moose really doesn't want Brett knowing. What happened to him in the This past. guy sucks. Yeah. Brett. Brett. Brett, who last episode would only call Jughead Forsyth, uh, 
appears like, hey, it's time for seminar. Did you do the reading? So immediately unlikable. Yeah, he's popular here. <laughs> Very confusing. Uh, I love how in somehow in TV, the most popular kids in, co- in school are also terrible to everyone they see and meet. Why are they popular? Yeah. In my school, the popular kids were genuinely people who everyone liked to talk to. Oh, no, that's not how it was in my school. They weren't, like, highest on the social ladder, but they were the most popular kids. You know what I mean? I know what you're saying. Like, just genuinely, like, good, chill people. Yeah. That was not how it was in my high school. Mm. I mean, I don't think that all the people who were, like, popular and well-liked were assholes. But no, some were. Yeah. But but no, nobody was Brett. So at seminar, I want to break down the like only line of Brett's story that we hear. It's is, amazing. Thank you. I'm so mother like asks me to help with the dishes, and quietly, I wonder when she'll die. I my favorite part about this whole thing is that Jughead's writing is not good. Brett's writing is not good. They both are like having a dick measuring contest over not good prose. Right. And I hate them both so much here. I hate them. <laughs> I would hate both of these guys so much in school. Uh, like, I, okay, like, as a writer, talking about writing in this way makes me want to shoot them. <laughs> like, awful. It's so annoying. Oh, my fucking God. And also, Mr. Chipping doesn't teach a single goddamn thing. <laughs> he just walks in and be like, what do you think? Those are thoughts. Here's another <laughs> challenge for you. Isn't school great? <laughs> Books. And then leaves. Really? He's like, I'm getting paid so much more money here. <laughs> it's such a weird choice. I hope he has a gambling addiction. <laughs> He's actually just playing online poker instead of doing... Oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the read. Uh, get a beat. All right, get out of here. <laughs> Mystery time! <laughs> you guys want to write the end of this novel? No, the writer, whoever they may be. That's when, uh, they, 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 you write the last chapter. Be crazy with it. I will be publishing this under my name. <laughs> I would love that. This is now our head canon: is that he's got some debts to fill and yeah. he's a terrible writer himself. And also he posts like maybe Instagram poems or something. Everyone, to Brett's piece, is like, that was amazing. I want to know what the rest of the story was, and I hope they post it on some Riverdale like blog. You don't. I know, you're probably not watching Batwoman. I, I watched the first episode. It's very funny because Ruby Rose looks like a little boy sometimes, depending um, on the angle and her outfit. She's adorable. But um, in the latest episode, the villain was like an old friend of Bruce's, Bruce Wayne's, Batman. from like childhood. I've heard of him. Oh, great. Yeah, um, I know that one. And this guy is like a billionaire or whatever, and he builds like a taller tower than Wade Tower just so he can look down on Wayne Tower. I would uh, love that. And turns out he hates Batman because Batman saved his mom's life once. And that meant he couldn't get his inheritance sooner. Wow. And, and he, he's like, and that's why Batman's bad for this city. Oh, <laughs> And <damn>. that's Brett. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that is very Brett. <laughs> that's who Brett's going to be. This is the origin story of that <laughs> That's guy. how we get there. Wow, that's dark. I wonder when she'll die. He asked Jughead to give it to him straight. In fact, hold on. I want to look something up real quick. There was a really good point in the AV Club review about, about what Brett says here. So Brett calls Jughead Harold Bloom. So Howard Bloom is apparently one of the most esteemed literary critics to have ever lived. So he's kind of being shitty to Jughead, being like, oh, Jughead, you think you're one of the greatest literary critics to ever live. But uh, 
Blooms also spent his career ardently defending the Western canon from the so-called School of Resentment, which is an I majored in English at college way of saying that he dedicated no small part of his life to urging people to read fewer women and non-white writers. Wait, so... So, so, so what, what, I'm say, what we're thinking here is that Brett would think Harold Bloom is, is, is a great literary critic and be insulting to Jughead that way because Brett would idolize someone... Who's, who, who's like, oh, no women are not white people. You just got to read white men. So. Oh, great. Yeah, no, Brett definitely seems like he, he so that's sounds fun. about white kind of situation. <laughs> oh, yeah. sounds about white. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so Jughead's like, oh, it wasn't my taste. It's uh, Salinger derivative. And turns out Brett does not take criticism well. Because <laughs> he comes after Jughead. And by extension, all of Riverdale? Like yeah. your Gremlin King story. I thought it was puerile, a tawdry waste of time. Pulp, your prose meets, reads more like a preteen journaling about his abandonment issues than a coherent narrative. 100% accurate. I mean, it's not entirely wrong. It's the show. Like, we enjoy the pulp. We just don't like when the narrative doesn't make sense. No, uh, you don't think that this is the writers having an argument with themselves? This is definitely them taking a crack at their own critics. That's Including us, I think, a little bit. Yeah, like, personally, John and Caitlin. Are they saying, yeah, are they saying we're Bretts for, 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 like, talking like that about the show sometimes? I mean, to be fair, I don't think that Brett was going to create a podcast about Jughead's writing, so... Can you imagine? <laughs> I love how, though, Brett read the Gargoyle King story instead of being like, yo, what the fuck happened in Riverdale? He's like, I just thought it was silly. He probably thought it was fiction. I don't think he did. Can you imagine if Jughead was like... That all really happened, Brett. Because I don't know. I think he knows it's real because he then... Oh, right, because Brett's was also a personal essay about how much he hates his mom. Oh, God. And how he couldn't build his big tower. And then Mr. Chipping steps in and be like, boys, boys, listen, I got to gamble. Um, <laughs> authenticity is the most important thing, I guess. I don't know. I've never written a word in my life. <laughs> and then Brett's like, yeah, right, authenticity. And Jughead's authentically piece of shit or whatever. No, he's like, he's poor. And then Jughead's like, I have friends at my no, no, dad's No, no, that's care. later. I really like that scene, actually. I hate it. I, like, like all of this, no, no, but it's Brett, ridiculous. Brett like, Brett, like, insults Jughead's entire life. So Jughead gets up to fight him, and then Chipping's like, hey, don't, don't do that. There's a zero-tolerance policy for fighting. So Why like, did he bring him here? Don't fight. Ever. Private school. Yeah, yeah. So Jughead finds Moose with a girl in their room. I like this part. Uh, her name's Donna Sweet with two T's. Is she a And comic? she isn't ashamed of anything. No, actually, we figured out that Brett and Donna are both uh, plays on uh, some, some real writers. Oh, that's cool. Uh, it's uh, like, Brett's name is like Brett... Weston something, and there's a Brett Easton something. Oh my god, I and have to talk a, about my tattoo now. There's a Donna Sweet and a Donna Tart is the is like the real writer that she's based off of. It's Brett supposed to be Brett Easton Ellis? Yes. I have a Brett Easton Ellis tattoo. Yikes. I know. It's so yikes. <laughs> I was very young, very dumb. It's like I Brett did. Weston Wallace in the show, I think. And I didn't know that Brett Easton Ellis was going to be such a jerk on the internet in the Trump America that great. we're in now. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Great. That's great. I have so many regrets, you guys. I really do. I also hate my bird tattoo. But that never tweeted that Trump wasn't the worst thing that happened That's to That's true. Birds, although Twitter is birds. It's both. Yeah. 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 Shit. Yeah. Donna isn't ashamed of 
being caught with Marmaduke or Moose. She warns Jughead about Brett, though. Apparently he's a Diplo brat. Ah, uh, yes. And he fights with psychological warfare. What, what the fuck is this guy's problem? <laughs> like, re- like yeah, I... last week he was like, hey, welcome, Jughead. And this yeah. week he's like, Jughead, you're a piece of shit. To be fair, I understand that this is like a class where you're supposed to be honest about other people's writing, but I don't really think that Jughead had to, like, say that his work was, like... like I, derivative. I get, yeah, that was rude. Just saying, like, oh, that's not really my vibe or not really, not really like my kind of writing. I also possible. don't feel like that's criticism. I feel like that's just like him being like, I don't like no it. one. None of the, the criticism should be like, oh, on page eight, you have this character do this thing, and I don't understand why they right, feel exactly. that way. Like, like, all of their attacks on each other's writing isn't like the, the way they conceive a narrative. It's just like every word you put on that page is the wrong word. <laughs> How dare you make me read this narrative? <laughs> That's a good joke. <laughs> also, uh, Moose is bi. I thought we knew this. Mystery solved. They're all bi. That's what I've been saying forever about every single person I've ever met. Mr. Chipping uh, has a hangover, so he cancels the next seminar in favor of an evening session where he asks them weird. to finish his book for him. <laughs> This author, not going to name their name. <laughs> I feel like this is also a subtle way of Riverdale, again, telling us to shut up with criticism and be like, if you think you're so smart, you write a fi- you write a satisfying conclusion to our insane mystery. <laughs> Don't set up the insane Who's mystery. the gargoyle king? <laughs> then Caitlin's like, Sheriff Keller. God damn. <laughs> it's always been and it always Maybe shall be. Maybe Donna Sweet is you. That's why she wins. Ooh, yeah. Good for Donna. Yeah, good for Donna. Good for Donna. Uh, at the writing session, Brett keeps throwing paper balls at Jughead. He asks if it's common for gangs to have a writer in the ranks. Maybe. How many gangs do you know, Brett? This is not a gang. He calls... Also, Jughead ran the gang. Yeah. He calls... After all the old people left. Right, uh, right, right. He calls Jughead an urchin wandering the streets after his mom ditched his alcoholic father. How does he know all of this about and Jughead? Then he says, isn't your little sister a budding hooligan herself? To which I ask, is she? No, not it's, as far as we know. It's really unclear, actually, if she was involved with her mother or not. It's also not very clear how Brett would know anything about Jellybean when we barely know anything about Jellybean. He has money. Hey, do you think Elio goes to this school? God, that would make so much more That sense. would really make it a lot easier to tie him into this show. I bet he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He goes <laughs> of course to the other one. He's just going to keep appearing, though. I love it. Uh, Jughead grabs him, but doesn't attack. And then he builds himself back up. He talks about his dad turning around and becoming sheriff and how many friends he has. And <sighs> how about you try writing a compelling drama instead of starting one? I thought that was really cool. Um, I had a little bit of issue with the FP stuff because FP was given the job of sheriff in order to manipulate a right, situation. Right, Aside there. from the shoddy writing of Riverdale, the yeah. general arc is a pretty great one for him. It's all been up and up since season one for Jughead. Yeah, Jughead's had a decent life so far, except for the almost getting murdered every season. I mean, maybe that happens to everyone in town, though. Yeah, yeah. And it's gonna happen again this year. Maybe Brett's not wrong for being shitty about Riverdale. It does sound like a horrible place. It's pretty shit. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Brett live the rest of the time? I don't think... I don't know. I don't think there is a name. I feel like if my father were a rich diplomat, and he knew he was sending me to the murder capital of America, Riverdale... I'd be a little bit upset that that's the boarding school he's chose to send me to. Is it in Riverdale, though? I get the sense that it's not. I, I mean, 
Jesus, I think it is now. I think it's like many. How, I think it's how like far away do you think it is? Twenty miles away. Wow. Yeah. Right. Well, that's like it's close enough. Not a. It's not a bad drive. But like, I don't think it's like a next drive. to Riverdale High School. Fair, but like, he's still going to visit Betty in her home later at night. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't have a car. Yeah, I think that we have to stop questioning the geography. Distances. Listen, it's, it's no other Riverdale buildings are in the shop, so it's it's somewhere else. Elsewhere, it's another place. Um, yeah, I thought it was cool. Mister Chipping announces Donna's story one. She'll be singing in his book in a few months after it hits the uh, it's after hilarious. it gets stores is sold in Barnes and Noble. Uh, Jughead finds articles about Moose and his dad all over the school. Everyone knows, and Moose's life is ruined again. So, was this to get back at Jughead? Yes. But because Jughead can't be hurt, so I guess he's going to hurt Jughead's friends. But he doesn't even know that Moose and Jughead are friends, as far as Brett knows. Brett also was their roommate. I know, but as far as Brett knows, they just met. I guess not. Wow, it's really unclear where Brett gets his information from. Yeah. Does he have a private eye? Probably. He's very wealthy. Cool. You can do anything. Brett definitely has a private investigator in town. Who could it be? Oh, so there was a... I saw this on Twitter, and I thought this was really funny. So there were five people in the class, right? So Jughead and Brett tied for last place, and Donna won. Yeah. So that would mean that... The other two. That Jughead and Brett voted for themselves... Right? No, it was like, it was like, oh, oh you... yeah. Jughead, if you can vote for yourself, one presumes. Uh, but otherwise, it means all three of the other kids. Wait, how could they tie if there's an odd number in the yeah, class? Yeah, that was the thing. Unless Mr. Chipping gets a vote too. Which I hope not. And he just voted them to the bottom to. <laughs> not you two. No. To teach them a lesson. Yeah, so there's some math that's complicated, but that's fine. Uh, where would you like to go next? Veronica, Betty, Cheryl? Uh, Veronica. Oh, boy. Okay. So, Veronica can't change her name to Gomez after all. Why? Because. Did they give a reason? I don't remember it. She said she couldn't bring herself to do it after all. Oh. Which is some bull, all right? Just like... Well, maybe you don't want to be named after your mom. If the the arc for the episode is Veronica decides to take on her dad's original last name... Because he comes after her for almost changing his her name, last name to her mom's name, you didn't have to go through this very weird sequence of events. <laughs> he could have legally blocked her in some way. I don't know how, but you know he's Hiram, so he could have pulled some strings. Instead, she comes home to find him just in his office. This just is home. Hilarious. I own that jail. I come and go as I please. Fuck off. Also, like, why don't you just go then? What was the dramatic point? Of all that pomp and circumstance of putting him in prison at the end of last season, did a whole shot, him walking out, him in the orange, doing the whole thing. Oh, no, we've beaten Hiram, but is he more dangerous now? If he can just <laughs> leave on a Tuesday, back to his house, put on a sweater, and keep doing the same shit he's been doing for two seasons before this. It's almost like they should just kill Hiram, like I suggested. Or, like, make prison mean something. Yeah, but he does own the prison. Yeah, Fuck off. No, putting them in prison was you a bad idea. You can't own the prison when you're in prison. You shouldn't be able to go to the prison you own. Right, exactly. And boy, if only there was a lawyer or two in town to say that. Like Mary Andrews or Lawyer McCoy. I don't know where Lawyer McCoy is. I think she's the mayor again. Oh, there we go. So now there's one more lawyer spot. <laughs> I'm, I'm, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the reveal in a couple episodes her just being like, and I'm mayor again. And they would just keep moving. Fine. He found out about her 
not about her giving up the Lodge name. He tells a story about how he changed his own name from Jaime Luna to Hiram Lodge. And when he did, his own father was furious with him and beat him. And now he finally understands his father. Even though none of his arguments against Veronica are about that. Nay. They're all like, you've done bad things and changing your last name won't change that. Like I did. Yeah. Yeah. Is, are you saying your grandfather did bad things? And I, very confusing. Anyway, he also tells her not to bother changing the locks because I can't keep her back. Uh, so she goes to see him. She says he'll be getting a call from Mr. Sourberry. Amazing. So that's the other lawyer in town. <laughs> John just wrote what? She, yeah, what? <laughs> She's changing her name to Veronica Luna, which I, you know, yeah. It's, I do like the clever idea that Hiram legally made his name Hiram Lodge. I like that too, but I have a lot of questions about this choice on Veronica's part. To be to use her grandfather's last name? Yeah. What? So she's what, like, what, what's the significant? What is the significance of that? Why is that better than Gomez? The only information you don't know anything she, about your grandfather. No, no, she does. She knows one piece of information. That's he, he beat, beat your dad. <laughs> he beat his children. Holy shit! So that's a piece that's of, actually that mu- that's so mean. Yeah. So that's fucked I'm up. naming myself after the guy who beat you up. Exactly. For making your name your name. Yeah. So that's mm. it's very callous. Wow. And if that's the reason she did that, then it's like a plus. But if not, it's very fucked up. Also, she must be terrorized, terrified because she said she's changed the locks, upgraded security, and sleeping with a taser at home. Yeah. That's not a I win, dad kind of statement. Even if she delivers it like that, that's a I am terrified of you being able to enter my home at any moment. Yeah, but like, what does she think he's going to do to her? Because he ha- is not... Race her. Like, really, do you say raise her? Raise her. Like, as a, Father her. Right, like, what the fuck? Like, he obviously, Teach her about the world. He obviously doesn't give a fuck about hurting her. It's not like he's going to do anything, like, bad. He's just going to be a dick and, like, kind of use weird stories to make her feel shitty. Yeah, yeah. He's just going to keep Taser. saying things. Taser. He's going to keep saying things like, you can't escape me. <laughs> I'm with you forever. But, like, that doesn't... <laughs> He's gonna keep doing the same. Imagine shit. an action figure doll, like 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 with a voice in it that just says stuff like that. Like you'll never escape me. I'm gonna be here forever. I'm your dad. I'm watching. <laughs> Help! I own the prison. Uh, would you like to do Betty or Cheryl next? Uh, let's do Betty because Cheryl's is so weird. Okay, this is the big one that I did not love. So Charles tells Betty about the abandoned home the farm is in. They have pictures of Evelyn being there. They you order pizza every day. That's weird. <laughs> anyway, the FBI sends an undercover guy as the pizza man, who Evelyn's immediately like, you're not our usual guy. Who gets the same pizza delivery guy? Well, I guess if you're ordering yeah. every day. Yeah, they're like, make sure it's on the They're same staying line. in an abandoned motel. They call it a motel, but that it's is nice. a beautiful hotel. It's <laughs> nice. It's gorgeous, this location they found. Anyway. They hear gunshots, and then Edgar speaks in the wire, being like, I know all your secrets, Charles. Don't send anyone else in. Their blood is on your hands. So Chad Michael Murray's back. Yay! Then Buddy, Betty gets a call from Alice's phone, but it's Edgar. And uh, he gives her a list of demands. $250,000. Everyone's which, asking for money this week. <laughs> just to be clear, in this storyline... Veronica just casually mentions that she has all these Glamour J eggs worth $50,000 each. And at no point does she bring this up to Archie. (laughs) 
great. A lot of money moving around Riverdale today. <laughs> uh, passports for his followers. Food, water, and a bus for transportation. And he thinks she's the one who could actually get it done through Charles. Uh, but Governor Dooley, who we've never met, and I wonder if we ever will met him. We'll met him. Yeah, we will met him. <laughs> uh, won't give Edgar anything. So when Edgar calls back, they tell him that they need more time and they need him to release a whiz, uh, 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 sorry, a hostage in good faith. And he's like, turn around. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's, there's Polly with a bomb strapped to her chest. That was a good idea on his part, honestly. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. How did it get on her on her in the first place? He... At what point... Okay. Gun to her head, wear this metal this is, bomb. This is a cool moment, but, like, what's happening here? I don't know, John. I haven't known for a long, long time. The, all the FBI agents are like, Betty... Go. You do it. You, talk, you take care of that. I know. I didn't understand because Charles was right next to her. Yeah. And he's like, you should cut the yellow wire. I'm like, you should make it not a child do this. <laughs> the, the yeah. And then she like cuts the yellow wire. It goes faster. And he's like, Betty, how could you mess this up? <laughs> how could you, a high school student, mess this up? Like, and then Betty has to be like, Polly, Polly, remember your whole arc from last season? Forget about all that now. You're good, right? Because you got a bomb on your chest. and You wouldn't be doing that if you still believed in him. So, like, we're all good, right? And Betty, Polly's just like, nods her. like, great. Paper over all of that drama. Let's move right on from there. Poor Polly. Um, uh, Betty does, Betty uses her own hairpin to, to stop the detonator. Cool. All right. I believe it. Sure. Why not? That's not a thing that would ever happen. Obviously. I, I guess. Yeah. But no. like, I'm willing to believe it. Did you ever see that? Uh, not that movie. Um, the documentary series on Netflix, Evil Genius. Or have you ever heard of? It kind of happened near you. The pizza bomb thing. No. Well, there's this guy who like walked into a bank, and said, "Oh, I have. A, I think he was a pizza delivery guy, and he had a bomb on his chest, and." It ended up being a whole thing, but he died. Did 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 he die from the bomb? Yeah, he died from the bomb. Oh, no, sixty years later, he died oh, of cancer. Oh damn! Yeah, no, he died from the bomb. Ah. Uh, so Betty asks Polly for help. Polly doesn't think Edgar can be stopped. If he doesn't get what he wants, he'll start sacrificing people. So Alice doesn't have logs. Now we have a ticking clock. So Veronica goes to one. Veronica tells Betty that you know it's like oh I don't have two hundred fifty thousand dollars but I do have five Glamorge eggs worth fifty thousand dollars each take them God bless God bless a best friend Betty asks Tony to get her blank passports for the farmies she knows a guy thank God Tony's got such an elevated role this season <laughs> she's she's the new Kevin I think yeah yeah. Betty asks at the front desk of the school about her uh, book she left on the bus. The bus driver's left for the day. Oh, no. I they could open the bus. So Betty, Betty drives a bus, uh, school bus all the way up to um, Edgar's farm. This is a badass moment for her. Yeah. Uh, she drives in. Scary line of cultists wait for her. <laughs> Edgar steps out. Looks amazing. Amazing. This guy has just stuck on Smolder this entire episode. But also ridiculous. Looks ridiculous. Looks Oh, later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> I have so many questions. Uh, he's really upset he never got Betty in the farm, which I get, but, like, why do you just want to harvest her organs? Or, like, what? I, I what don't, do you... What? what is this cult? I, it's just an organ farm, dude. Why? 
What does her intelligence have to do with anything? I can't figure out if it's supposed to be the... If the farm... If the cult is just a cover for the organ farming, or if it's a cult in which Edgar believes that, like, organ farming is the only way to keep it alive. I don't think Edgar believes any of this shit. Right. But then he has a rocket. Right. And I didn't understand why. Right. We also never find out about Ascension. or They were, like... This thing definitely started in a mythical, mystical place. Yeah. And then the end of last season, they're like, we need a thing. Organ fire. Organ fire. Yeah. It could have been both, but it seemed like a money-making I've scheme. Got, I've got a lot of um, Rumordale theories about this storyline. Oh, okay. We'll talk about it later. But um, Evelyn appears behind Betty, dressed in a Patty Hearst outfit, and knocks her out. Great. So that's fun. Uh, when Betty wakes up, she's next to Alice, who was acting like last season didn't happen. <laughs> she's like, no, I'm totally normal and healthy. And Betty never once is like, where is my college money? <laughs> oh, no. Anyway, she was trying to keep Betty safe. Sure. Where's her college money? Evelyn is going to drive everyone off a cliff in the bus <laughs> while Edgar takes off in his rocket he built. So confusing. Why? <laughs> this seems like a, a big swing. A real big swing. He built the rocket on the roof of the hotel. And the FBI has no idea. <laughs> it's big and blue and red. But also, why does he have a rocket and what's it going to do? You have surveillance photos of Evelyn answering the door every day to take in <laughs> 20 boxes of pizza. But you haven't found out he's got a goddamn rocket on the roof. Yeah, that is one of the many confusing elements. Does he think he's going to go to space? What is Does he have a parachute? Does he land in a lake somewhere? Does he just How is this the best escape route? Does he is is that what it is? He's trying to escape? Yeah, I think so. In the rocket? Yeah. Where is he going? He has to want to die. Somewhere else. (laughs) Like he has to want to die. He's gonna ascend. This has to be a death wish. In which case then Alice Unless if he's going to live, how? It's a spin-off show. Edgar Ever Never in Space. <laughs> I'd, You'd watch it. Edgar Ever Never Ever After. Oh, I love it. I love it. Why Why is it not a Meanwhile, thing? Betty and Alice are going to be tied to the front of the bus. Unless... As opposed to the rocket, which would have been funnier. Betty has an idea, which turns out to be break out of the chairs and punch Evelyn and then... Save everybody. <laughs> They knock her out. Betty dresses up in Evelyn's clothes, and there's a really cool shot of her, like, spinning the barrel of the gun while her mom's next to her, which is ironic. When Remember season one when oh, yeah. Alice is like, guns, no guns. Yeah, so, so character growth. <laughs> uh, Betty and Alice load the bus, which is a... There's something about this dialogue. That's the thing about cults. Speak with enough authority, and they'll do whatever you say. Which makes me going, Alice, last season you believed all of this. Or did she? 100% this was not a plan. I don't, well, it wasn't a plan, I don't think, for the writers. Yeah. But it, was it a plan for, like, do you, like, did they retcon this? Yes, know? of course they retcon, but it yeah. doesn't, huh, it's just, uh, I don't remember the cult being this dumb last season. It seemed like there were some well-meaning people in there. Yeah. And now it just seems like they're all, like, zombies. Oh, and who's the zombie principal Weatherby? Oh, right? well, first Cucumber Melon finds them, and Betty just knocks him out. It's like, take him away. And everyone's like, okay. As if, wouldn't everyone know that Betty is... Be- 
Very confusing. So Mr. Weatherby shows up missing a finger. Did we know he was always like... I knew he was wearing white around the musical last season. Ah, uh, yes, okay. I, think, uh, I don't think this is new information, but maybe. He's suddenly very clear on how insane this all is. Which maybe happened when and he And then he's like, finger. this is your last shot of redemption. Which is a lot of pressure on a guy who's freaking out, is missing a finger, and has been not in a mentally happy place for a while. Um, and then they have this amazing shot where they just look... And then there's a quick zoom on this on the staircase with Edgar looking at them in a big leather jacket covering his evil Knievel outfit. I'm so confused. So Alice is like, I'm going after him. And she 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 gets him on top of the roof where he's wearing, yeah, an evil Knievel outfit with his name monogrammed on the belt, standing on his rocket going, Hey, I'm gonna ascend. I'm so confused. It's like a religious thing. And um now Alice, <laughs> He has a gun in his back in, in, in his belt, but Alice shoots him before he can get it off. So, question. Do you think that Edgar Evernever, his whole plan was to get the rocket and make the rocket, and this was his whole plan? Because I'm actually thinking that it was. I think he sold the organ so he could build his rocket. You think... I think that... You think he originated a cult just so that he could convince people to build a rocket for him, and he sold their organs... I think so that he could afford the rocket parts. Yes, I think that he. The one hundred percent. It's always been his dream. That's it. Edgar Evernever, as a little boy, <laughs> wanted to be a stuntman. Wanted to be one of the greatest stuntmen on the planet, but he was just too handsome. No one would let him hurt himself because he looked like Chad Michael Murray, <laughs> and no one wanted to let anything bad happen to that. Even though so, there was Sean Michael Murray. But he's, he's always wanted to just, like, get on a rock and fly away. So he started a cult where he convinced people that they were broken inside, but he could fix them. But in return, they'd have to help him make something. And he sold off their organs to help pay for it, and he built a rocket. He was so close. And then this one woman comes up and ruins everything. What a weird, but also I kind of think that's headcanon. Or maybe just canon canon. It's 100% canon. Good for Until him. Until they say otherwise. He ascended. He ascended. Um, <laughs> later on, Jughead tells Betty about his day, which is absolutely nuts that she can sit there and listen to his junior high bullying bullshit. Well, she's like, yeah, I shut down I a cult that today. I thought too. I was like, what? Like, like, she's like, oh, that's rough for you. It should have been like, Jughead, I... Almost died today. <laughs> He's like, it was really mean that that guy posted truth. My about mom moves. killed a man today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Betty's too good of a girlfriend, I think. Alice is already working on her expose for what paper? I really hope that like at least a couple of days pass between these. Like, I, don't, I know this is definitely the same afternoon. Insane. Polly's at the Shady afternoon. Grove Center. <laughs> Shady Grove is, is like the good version of Sisters of Quiet Mercy, I guess. And uh, she thinks they can trust Charles. So the nightmare is over. No more ongoing plot lines. Except. Until they find a VHS tape delivered to their front door. Look at it and say, what the hell is this? I wonder if this has anything to do with that play that Roberto um, wrote that I saw. That was very good. Probably not, because not a lot of people could have seen that. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to like Wink Wink. Because it's about a private school and it's about a videotape. Maybe one thing influenced the other. And then next week it's called Sex, Lies, and Videotape. I mean, we've seen from the poster this season that there's going to do something VHS themed. I'm excited. 
but like no one saw that play. Bring so on like, the killer video. Team. Maybe one thing influenced the other though. Yeah. You know, maybe he was working on the play and I was like, oh, that gives me an idea for Riverdale plot. I believe or that. vice versa. I totally believe it. Anyway, that means it brings us to one last plot. It's Cheryl's. It's Cheryl. So Tony and Cheryl, Tony and Cheryl are having a nice midnight makeout sesh, as you do, when they hear a sound in the walls. Nana Rose, they wonder. They leave the twins with her. That's what you wrote. I love that. They leave the twins with Nana Rose. All day. Every day. The twins, somehow, still infants. Nana Rose, (laughs) somehow, forgiven for that time, she adopted a child to marry her son. The twins are now married, And raised them as siblings. She's definitely raising these twins to marry each other. (laughs) They're betrothed already. Are you kidding me? Don't leave this woman with children... She's not a nice person. <laughs> but she's old, so it's all forgiven. Tony wants to hire someone. How does Tony then deal with this shit? They hear a scream. Nana Rose said, Why is Tony suggesting spending money? I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Tony is. Tony. Tony should be like, Hey, maybe we leave them with my grandfather, who's sane, uh, yeah, who's like totally cool in the head, nice guy. Yeah. Uh, teaches core Native American values. I abandoned uh, him to come live in the death mansion. Yeah, now, like, Tony, you should think like a poor person, not a rich person. I, I, I don't know. I think Tony's the only one looking out for these kids. Yeah, but... So, they find Nana Rose standing by the fire. I did not know she could stand. <laughs> She's watching kids. I hope she can at least walk. I thought she was just like... In her little wheelchair all the I time. I mean, they haven't really made it clear that she could stand, so I... So, here's a, here's, a sen- here's a sequence that you'll probably be like... <gasps> Meaning, oh, of she calls Cheryl Penelope and says she thought she saw the triplets burning in the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously this is about us. So there's a. I mean, we should get into the Rumordale, but we talk all the time about those Cheryl burning. and Cheryl's like, uh, no, there's only two of them, Juniper and Dagwood. <laughs> they not change those names. God damn it! Uh, Cheryl comes home to find a giant nurse named Darius. Uh, Tony hired him to take care of Nana and the kids. All right. Odd, again, I think it's odd for Tony to just like hire people when maybe she just Medicare. she was always I know a guy. Yeah, but maybe maybe they have really good insurance or something. And Cheryl forbids him from entering the chapel in the basement, and a place Tony is also forbidden from. Which, but weird, right? Not weird. She takes it really well, Tony. She's like really fine with it. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl goes to see JJ and notices he's moved from last we saw oh. him. Later, Darius tells Cheryl and Tony that there are rats in the walls, and he went down to the basement. As soon as he says that, Cheryl fires him. Yeah, but I think he would have been like, and you have a body? What a, what a great arc for Darius. Ugh. I really thought that him and Tony were going to date. Would really? You-, you thought Darius was going to be anything? Yeah, I thought he was. It's like, what is time? We give him a name? Cheryl goes to see uh, Jason again, and a rat crawls out of him. And I she mean, freaks out, makes sense. and then she's going to sew him back up, and Tony walks in and finds them. She's like, Tony, you never met Jason, have you? Yeah, that was way too chill, right? Cheryl seems to grow increasingly insane the closer she gets to Jason's body. Ooh, that's weird. Like, she's fine at school, but then as soon as she's home, she's like, that Jason, is- pick out my outfit. Like, I don't think that Cheryl can have a normal romantic relationship. Uh, she probably shouldn't until she gets her head right. I, I think that'll take many years. Yeah. Like, yeah. I hate many. But is Tony gonna gonna wait? No, I don't no, think Tony's Tony gonna should. be like, I love you, you're so crazy. Yeah, I don't... 
I don't think this is healthy for Tony suddenly. It's, it's bad for both of them. Yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, so amazing. Uh, I have a lot of questions. Would you like to go into the Rumordale then? Um, let's do superlatives first. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> who is our class couple today? I mean... Is it Tony and Cheryl? Is it oh. Jughead and Betty? Is it Veronica and Archie? I think it's Moose and Donna. <laughs> Are they a couple? They're a couple. Do you think they see each other like that? or? I, I think so. I think they're pretty casual. I think they're pretty casual. But you know what? Nobody else is really winning anything. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I guess Archie and Veronica were supportive of each other. I think Archie and Veronica were very supportive of each other. Yeah. I guess. I just think I like Donna. That's fine. Yeah. That actress was in uh, one of the YouTube shows. She oh. was on Impulse. Oh, yes. And she has I, a whole coming out story on that. I keep wanting to watch that, and then I keep forgetting. I gotta watch season two. Yes, I've heard it's very good. Uh, who, let's see, what are some other good ones? Can we do Class Clown, Brett, yeah. for playing that hilarious prank on Moose? <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Brett. <laughs> yes. So funny, so good. <laughs> That's good. Uh, anything else? Uh... Most likely to get to come up with a great idea and then get left behind for the execution. Mad Dog. Oh, poor Mad Dog. Uh, most likely to succeed, Edgar Evanarver, for achieving his goal. I'll bet in a roundabout way. Mr. Chipping for figuring out a great way to end his book. <laughs> Perfect. Good for him. <laughs> Pay off his debts. Yeah, I think I'm pretty good yeah. with that right now. Yeah, so uh, Rumordale. <coughs> Rumordale. The triplets. Obviously, Claudius, Clifford, and... Cornelius. Oh, that's not what I think at all. Really? Tell me. Because she called Cheryl Penelope. So that would make the triplets Penelope's triplets. Oh, fuck. <laughs> there's what? A, I think there's a third. Interesting. That makes more sense, actually. If there's will it be? Third... Will your dreams come true? Will they reveal that Archie is secretly a blossom the whole time? Which would make oh. them related to uh, Betty, which would mean they really can't ever date. I mean... Penelope, uh, Polly has the children of Jason, so I feel like... Yeah, and that's weird. It is weird. <laughs> and that's why they don't age. Right. Oh, that's sad. That's a, That makes more sense. Do you think that they gave, like, another Jason away? I don't know. We'll find out, I think. It'd be funny if there was, like, a Jason... Or if Charles is like, I'm actually uh, Cheryl's... Secret that brother. would be so confusing. It's like, wait, so you're also 17? No, I'm older, but you're triplets. Yes. Don't worry about it. <laughs> what? It's fine. You know how Jason's older, but also has the same exact birthday as her? Do you think that... J- <laughs> yeah, that is weird. Do you think that that Brett could be a triplet? No. I Listen, I think it's a chick situation. You think? Where we're, we will have to find this person and meet them sometime around the way. Yeah. And even then, it might not turn out to be the real person, and they'll have two more tries before they get it right. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, God, you don't think Charles is not really Charles, do you? No, I think Charles is really Charles. Yeah. I think we're done playing this game. <laughs> I have a question. I think they didn't intend for this. I think they intended for Chick to really be Charles and then, like, gave themselves an out when it wasn't working. Yeah. Do you think, though, that Charles and Chick are supposed to be the same age? Dude, what happened to the kid that Chick thought was Charles? Is that not Charles? No, because this is Charles. I thought that, that boy's dead. I thought, yeah, that's, or is he? Also, that boy looks nothing like this handsome boy. Right. This is a man. This that kid is, was a an child. an adult man. Yeah. Well, he might be 24, but right, still. Right, he's an adult. But he's like, but this Charles must be like 35, <laughs> which means he's 24. Right, on right. Oh, uh, yeah, on the show. 
Like, how could he be a successful FBI agent and not, like, an intern at the FBI Academy? He has to be a year older than Polly. Um, uh, well, no, because they would have had him when they were still in high school. Yes, but... That's, like, 20-plus years. I mean, yeah, he's probably not a full-blown FBI agent running, running an op to take down an entire cult. Except he is, because in the Riverdale-verse... Everyone's younger and sexier than they legitimately should be in their position. Yeah. Confusing. <clears throat> um, I have many questions. Here's my, here's my rumor, Dale, about the farm plot. Okay. I think when they ended last season with the farm mysteriously disappearing, uh-huh. they were intending for the start of this season to be dealing with the farm like over a couple episodes. Yeah. Like it was going to be the first arc of this season. And then at the, when, they, when they were doing the flash-forward bit... Cole was too cold to go outside. <laughs> this is... So apparently that end scene of last season was meant to be all four of them around the fire, but Cole Sprouse was too cold, so he decided not to do it. He just opted out, which is how we ended up with the cliffhanger of does Jughead die at spring break? And I think that ended up invigorating the writer's room so much uh-huh. that they're like, oh no, well we have all these ideas and like we have these Stonewall prep ideas for, right. like, to take our Jughead on this arc that leads to that point. And that meant they were like, we don't really have time to do the farm this season. That would make sense. So they decided to just do it in one episode. And that's why this story feels weird and rushed and awkward. Cole was just, he didn't want to go outside because he was cold? Yeah, it was too cold that night for him. So he just opted out. You can't do that. No, you can't do that. I do understand, like, not wanting to be naked, uh, you know, when it's cold. Right, but they all were. Right. Like, Lily and Camille and KJ all did it. Is this a thing that he said <clears throat> himself? This was during an interview at Comic-Con. Uh, the girls were like, oh, yeah, Cole was meant to be in that scene. He just, he was too cold, so he chickened out. Like, he was too cold. <laughs> he has different blood than all of us. So, you get if it. If he's cold, Dylan's also cold. It's a whole twin thing. We can't subject both of them to that. <laughs> yeah, that would be, be terrible. Not if they were actually Sprouse triplets. <laughs> Just the triplets. The triplets. <laughs> There's a third Sprouse out there. Oh my god, what if Dylan Sprouse played the third the third blossom triplet? If they can get Dylan Sprouse on the show at some point. Oh my god, I don't think they would do it. Just to have like a scene where like Jughead's talking to himself or something like that. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they'd do it. Uh, I think they would. I think Cole said, I think I think someday they'll try to find an excuse to do it. Cole also said he wouldn't sing. And look at the look at this now. Look at yeah. us now. Oh yeah. There we go. Look at him now. That's that's my that's my feelings on that. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you think is going to be with these tapes? Um, maybe it's like a sex tape of Jughead's grandfather who went to Stonewall Prep. Maybe it's like some ritual or something. See, it's like. Oh, you think his grandfather's gonna have something to do with all this? Yeah. Why would they just say that? <laughs> well, it feels like they're not going to want Brett to be a suspect for whatever this is going to yeah. be. So it's probably not Brett. Brett's probably a very ordinary evil. Yeah, Maybe suspects. Archie can go beat him up in his bed. Yeah, that's what he does to prep school kids who are assholes. He does, not he? He's never known the highs and lows of high school football, so. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What do we do now? Uh, what are you looking forward to right now, Caitlin? Um, I'm looking forward to the new Apple series, um, 
Is this the Truth M. Night Shyamalan be, one? No, it's Truth Be Told with Octavia Spencer. Another Apple series. Yeah. What's happening with you in these Apple series? I don't know, guys. Sponsored by yeah. Apple. Do you do you have Apple TV Plus? No, but I'm going to get it. Okay. That's the whole story. It's like a it's a true crime show. I love true crime podcasts and it's a Octavia Spencer plays a true crime podcaster who was partially responsible for like putting a guy in prison against like his um, not against as well, but like she kind of <laughs> maybe yeah. It's like she kind of you know built this case against him like on her podcast, and yeah. now he it's Aaron Paul, and he like probably didn't do it. Oh, and also Lizzie Kaplan plays twins, or maybe okay. Secret Triplets. We don't know yet. You know, it could always be. <laughs> it could always be Secret Triplets. <laughs> there could always be more. But yeah, we're very excited. Yeah, me and Stella. Stella, are you really excited? No, I don't know TV. Well, every time I make eye contact with you, you get really excited. She's so happy to be here. She's the best. We love her. We stand a legend. She's very cute. We stand a legend. We do. What about you? What are you looking forward to? Oh, dude, Watchmen. Oh, the show. Yeah. Did you watch the first episode? The pilot is so good. I've heard great things. Oh, my God. Like... There's every reason to be nervous going into this, but it's all gone now. I, I feel very confident that this is going to be something special. Is it is is that the movie where there's the naked man? There's the naked blue man, that's right. right. And yes. that's not involved in this? He's on Mars. That's convenient. Yeah, well, he, he did go to Mars in the original story. Okay. It's a sequel. Oh, really? It's a sequel that remixes the ideas of the original. So it's a sequel to the movie? Do you have to it's see a, the movie? No, it's a sequel to the comic. Oh, okay. The movie and the comic are... Mostly the same. Okay. There's a couple things that the movie cuts out or changes to streamline its narrative. They're not all bad. They do a thing where the naked blue guy, um, the, the the villain, makes an attack that like eradicates New York City. Okay. And he uses the naked blue guy's energy to do it. So that to end the Cold War, create a common enemy, which is the naked blue guy. Okay. But in the comics, that's not what he did. Okay. In the comics, he teleported... Or, sorry, in the comics, he collected great artists and scientists of the world, hired them to design a monster that would look like an extra-dimensional alien being. Okay. And he developed teleportation technology. Now, teleportation technology will kill this thing the moment it arrives at its location, but will also unleash a psychic blast that will kill everyone around it. Oh, fuck. And he teleports it into the center of Times Square. Oh, I see. So you get this double-page spread of just this thing, like, teleported into buildings. The buildings are all still standing, and everyone around it is dead. When you say it teleports into the buildings... Like, it's it's crashing through, like, the central building in Times Square. Oh, okay. Like, it's partially fused with it kind of stuff. Weird. Uh, and so everyone believes there's these extra-dimensional extra beings, and that's what ends the Cold War in it. So what's really interesting is that one of the one of the heroes named Rorschach, whose masks like Rorschach yeah. blots that like move as he talks. Just realized those were Rorschach blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah he, um, he keeps a journal that has proof that this other guy manufactured that event. Yeah. And he sends it to a kind of fringe newspaper called The New Frontiersman. And you that's the end of, the, of, of Watchmen, the book. And you're like, oh, man, the truth is going to get it out there anyway. The bad guy won't win. Mm-hmm. But, like, thinking about it from a modern perspective, 
if a fringe news outlet started reporting that a guy hired artists and scientists from the world over to create a fake extra-dimensional creature to teleport into the town to kill everyone, that's ridiculous. It would only it would like go on like the most problematic person from high school that you knows right. Facebook, and that's why the fact that white supremacists are wearing the Rorschach mask yeah. in the new one makes sense. That's cool. That's amazing. Upsetting. Deeply yeah. Upsetting, but very cool. So like, it's just, it's just fascinating. This, this, they're dealing with like more modern, like it, the first one was all based around cold war fears. And now it's based on more modern fears of like fear of police, fear of uh, alt-right fringe groups within the country. Yeah. Who watches the Watchmen? Who deserves to watch the Watchmen? Watchmen. Which sides are the Watchmen? Watchmen are the heroes. Well, uh, Watchmen is more like it's like a it's like a Greek quote. Who watches the Watchmen? Uh, but also in the setting of this world, there was a superhero team they're called like the, the Watchmen. Yeah, they're they're yeah, kind of. Um, they're not around anymore. So like Watchmen now as a name for the show isn't talking about a group of crime fighters, but uh, I think we're gonna find out what it's talking about in this current state of being. Interesting. And now, yeah. Cops are wearing masks because they they feel threatened from criminals. So cops hide their identities. They wear oh, masks. Interesting. And uh, higher level detective cop type type things get to have like secret identities and like the full costume and like superhero personas type things. But there's only one character in the entire universe of Watchmen who has superpowers. And that is the Blue Naked Man. Oh, cool. And he's like god level. Yeah. But nobody else has powers. That's cool. Wait, so no, nobody else ever did? Nope. Oh, that's cool. So it's like Vigilante Justice. They're the Archies. It's all Vigilante, yes. Okay. Regina King plays what Archie wishes he was. Yeah. Oh, in obviously. this show. I wish I was. And she's so, so dope. That's awesome. That sounds interesting. Maybe I'll watch that. I think everyone should at least give the first episode a shot. On HBO? Yes. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. That's Stella clapping for who's, you. Who's Stella? Oh, what? She's right there. Stella. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. Don't look at you. So, uh, John, what are you looking forward to? <laughs> I'm kidding, because you spent so long talking about Watchmen. I, honestly, I was very interested, so I will watch it now. Caitlin, um, where, can, where, can they, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, at RileyTweets. That's R-E-I-L-L-Y Tweets. And you can find us on our Instagram, at the Riverdale Register Podcast. That's right. Yeah. That's all. Excellent. Are we we got to take a picture of our Halloween costumes. Yes. Party later tonight. John is a man wearing a black shirt. I am wearing a mustard shirt. That they're great costumes. They're great costumes. We swear there's real costumes. There are real costumes coming. And uh, you guys are not going to understand mine. Mm. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to the questions. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see later. Over and out, River Vixens. You forgot to ask me where I can be found. Oh, John, no one cares. No, okay. <laughs> John, where can they find you? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at John Patton and on my blog, The Catcher in the Rye. Good pun. <laughs> I Great, I don't even have to explain it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, now, now, now you can say the thing that ends the show. Over and out, River Vixens.